Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. And uh, it is... This is the longest we've gone without recording a new episode. It's been kind of weird, hasn't it? It's been really weird, like we forgot one. Uh, as a quick reminder to everyone, our last episode was recorded on a Tuesday, two days after we published one, because we had the long weekend from Thanksgiving and everything. And now here we are, the Friday after. It's December 2nd, so we've gone like 10 days now, 10, 11 days without recording. It's really weird, and it's not like we had to like scrounge for news on the last episode, because there was a lot that happened in those two days. So if you missed it, go back and listen. There was a, I'll go back and check out the site, too, because there were actually headlines we didn't get to. In, yeah. in the episode itself. Um, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving holiday here in the States. And if you uh, aren't in the States, well, I hope you had a great normal weekend, I Happy guess. Happy Thursday. Yeah. It's a traditional Thursday for us. Yes, yes. Now, I asked for some uh, listener feedback regarding uh, their Thanksgivings. Did we hear anything from anyone? I didn't. Did you? I didn't. I, I'm sorely disappointed right now. I guess everyone had a a really good, happy, low-drama Thanksgiving. Yeah, I wanted to hear tales of woe. Well, didn't you get a weird tale of woe from your family Thanksgiving? Um, well... Maybe not one you can share, but... I've I've got um, some family drama that's been brewing, uh, and I've shouldered the burden of secrecy since Comic-Con, so what's that, since September, and... Uh, my aunt found out what this drama was, what the secret was, and she in turn told my mother, and my mother told me, and, and yeah, said, there's, yeah, I know. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of people that were saying stuff that I knew everything about. In fact, I still think I may know more. It's kind of <laughs> funny. Excellent. Well, hey, let's give a shout out to our sponsors and our friends here first. Um, thank you to everyone at TrekRadio.net, CryptonRadio.com, OpenBookAudio, Stitcher.com, WP Web Hosting, WP Cycle Web Hosting, Radio KSCR, Geek Factor Radio, and um, Hot Chocolate, which I have drank a copious amount of this week. See, I can't drink it anymore. I used to love it. I still do love it. I can't drink it anymore. It makes me sick. Like from a yeah. philosophical standpoint? No, like <laughs> like, literally like holding sick. to your principles. It's it's the same reason I can't eat about ninety five percent of the food that I enjoy. Because God hates you. I can't hey. even eat a banana without getting sick, dude. Or an mm-hmm. apple. What's up with that? Fruit is poison. God hates you. Yes. Um we do have some feedback, though. It's not necessarily feedback. Uh, Ruff wrote, he, I, I had mentioned in our previous episode that I had built my own PC and that it was water-cooled, and he asked, uh, Zook, you mentioned that you water-cool your PC. How? And please don't say with an all-in-one kit, cheers, Ruff. Um, and I already replied back, but I'll reply back to everyone else, too, in case they're interested. Yeah, it's an all-in-one kit. And if anyone doesn't know what that means, it means that it came from the factory with the water block, the lines, the radiator, the fan already assembled, and uh, it's a closed system. You can't actually service it yourself. And Ruff, I'll tell you why. Um, because I'm an old fogey. Um, I used to be a moderator for a site called Modern.net. It was UK-based. Um, I was one of their writers. I was one of their editors. And I was a moderator on the forums itself. And this was like back in 98, 99, 2000, 2001. In fact, it was the last few years that the site was even active. And back then... Everything was a beige case. Everything was beige. 
I they hated were, those days. Yeah, they they were just starting to come out with uh, with computer cases that were black. Okay, and they were still considered rare. Um, there was a reason why apples were just they were they were apples. They weren't Macs, but why apples were just gorgeous. The new G5s when they came out, those all aluminum beauties, is because the PC market had nothing like it. We had to paint our cases. We had to stealth our own drive bays. We had to cut windows by hand into the side of the cases and mold the uh, the plexiglass into it perfectly. And if we had to water cool, we had to figure out how to do that ourselves. My first water cooling system used the heater core from a 1996 Honda Civic and an aquarium pump. <laughs> um. And it worked. It ran. It ran just fine. I was able to overclock everything perfectly. It was great until there was a breach in the line and it dumped all of its coolant solution onto my graphics card. Yeah, that makes for a bad day. Like, I was hardcore into it, okay? I'd razor the uh, the IDE cables into separate bundles so I could uh, collapse them into just these tiny, tiny little cables because SATA didn't exist. Uh, yeah. I soldered my Pentium to overclock it by closing off the different pins that would allow you to do that. I, I was really into it. And you know what I learned? I don't have time for that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it happens when you, like, get a job and a family and so it's like i I've, i understand it because i told him and he goes it's all about the prestige and the bragging rights it's like yeah but i already have those for half the price i can have a factory system that comes to me already better than anything i built myself yeah i've noticed i used to i think three or four of the last computers i've had were ones that I had built. And the most recent computer, the one I'm on now, it's like, you know what? I don't have time. And so I just went and I bought one. Now, yeah. See, I and still I, built this I one. I feel dirty, though, by doing that. I feel very dirty doing that. Yeah. I, I still built this one, and I'm probably going to have to change it a bit because I, I didn't do my homework. The case doesn't quite work. But I, I've paid my dues. I've got the cred. Now I just want it to work, and I don't want to have to put any effort into it. Yeah. And strangely, it's actually cheaper this way. Thanks anyway, Ruff. I appreciate your feedback, even if it was just to criticize me and my life choices. You know, that's not real difficult, though. No, it's not. <laughs> hey, speaking of questioning things and senses of cynicism, let's go into our first headline, which is not so much a headline as it is just a sign of the times. So it shouldn't surprise anyone that the House of Representatives, the Senate in general, has different committees, right? Uh, there's the Committee on Water Preservation. There's the Committee on... There's just Whenever there's something that they want to get to the bottom of, they form a House committee. There's one called the House Science Committee. Any guesses what they cover? I'm guessing Twitter. Well, you'd think <laughs> that. No, allegedly science. Allegedly. Um, however, the House Science Committee managed to tweet out some news explaining why climate change is all a big hoax and none of it's at all true and all this different stuff. The problem is, is that the news they quoted was from Breitbart News, or however you pr pronounce Breitbart. it. Breitbart. Breitbart, yeah, and came from a tabloid site. 
Remember how we had that article about how students couldn't tell the difference between fake news and real news? Apparently, neither can congressmen. Yay, right? You know, Breitbart is sketchy at best. They should know better. I mean, there are some news sites that you go to, and I use the term news very loosely. I We kind of have to in this day and age. But like Vox or HuffPo, you know you're going to get a very slanted quote-unquote news story. Right. Breitbart, same thing, just the opposite direction. I don't know And it, it does. And it may not even be very accurate in any of the cases. Well, uh, the thing is, is like the difference I see, and this is going off topic, but I feel it's important to, to note here. HuffPo, you're absolutely right. You know you're going to get an agenda, a heavy-duty agenda, but they're not going to outright lie. Fox News, same thing. You know, all of the major players aren't going to outright lie. They'll simply report on whatever corroborates their version of the story. Yeah. Breitbart has previously published stories like, quote, and this is a quote, this is the headline, birth control makes women unattractive and crazy. That's an opinion. I, I Although, don't think that's news. <laughs> no, it, it's really not. It's really not news. And I I think that once Andrew Breitbart died, so did any sort of lasting influence he had over his news empire. I mean, there there's no credibility with Breitbart. And so I don't know why the House Science Committee is referencing Breitbart. I don't know well, why the House Science Committee is on Twitter. Can someone ask, answer that first? I, I, yeah, I was just going to say that. I don't know why they're on Twitter, but hey, you know, President-elect Trump, he's setting, he's setting the standard, I guess. So, uh, I know this isn't really tech news. Um, I just It's only tangentially related because it's on Twitter and it's the science committee, but I'm kind of worried about what these people are going to be doing when it comes to technology and science if this is where they're getting their news from. Uh, yeah, we should all be concerned. Um, so let's move into the actual headlines there. I apologize, everyone. I just thought it was kind of hilarious. In a not hilarious way. It's it's funny sad. Let's go into more funny sad political technology news. So we've talked about Tom Wheeler, the, uh, the chairman of the FCC. Um, we've brought him up on this show both decrying his position, saying that why, how on earth could he ever go and become that position... And saying what a great job he's done. You know, he's definitely run the gamut. He's definitely done a lot. Even if you don't necessarily agree with everything he's done, you can say he's put in a lot of work. And you can tell he's tried to do it with the best interests of the U.S. at heart. Yes. There's currently a new advisor to Donald Trump, President-elect Trump, uh, who is probably on the short list for FCC chairman. And he writes, well, let me get the actual quote here. Uh, his name's Mark Jameson, and last month he wrote a blog post titled, quote, Do We Need the FCC? End quote. 
Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not, not actually going to read this quote. It's kind of wordy. Uh, long story short, I welcome you to read it. Long story short, though, we don't really need the FCC to regulate anything because companies are always going to do what's in the best interest of all of us. Really, we only need the FCC to regulate radio stations. Pause for effect. <laughs> Pause as we try and think. Okay, now, we know my feelings on this stuff. Less government agencies, the happier Zoner is. True. Uh, and and you're not necessarily wrong. But for a, for even a New York second, do you believe corporations have our best interests at heart? Not even for a minute. Corporations are exist for one reason, and that is to make money. And they are going to do what they have to do to make money. Government agencies, I mean, there's a couple of ways to look at it, but government agencies at their core exist to keep corporations from screwing us over. They don't always do a great job of it. I was going to say, and, in theory. And many times they screw us over in new and exciting new ways, but but that's really what they're there for. Yeah. I can yeah, t- I can look on your face there. People in podcast land can't, but it, it's this look that best be, can be described as, do I feel like arguing? <laughs> How much time do we have left? How political do we want to be? <laughs> I mean, you know, I I understand why a lot of government agencies were implemented to begin with. However, I also understand the fact that the government is looking out for the people in the government, people that donate to the people in the government. Businesses are looking out for businesses. Businesses are looking out for stakeholders. And we don't live in a truly capitalistic society or else everything would go away when it's not to the consumer's liking. And so there is a need for government I think that it's far overreaching. Let, let's focus on this story then, because I feel I set you up to, <laughs> I was pushing the rage button to see if you'd take it. You really were, and I'm trying really hard to resist. Uh, but in this instance, would you say this guy is full of crap and that we actually need the FCC to monitor things like Comcast and Time Warner? You know, that's that's a tough call. That's a tough call. <laughs> I do agree that we need the FCC. You know, he talks about the radio stations. You've got the that um, spectrum, the the bands that are used. You know, you can't. You've got to have some sort of organization there to run, to run the airwaves the way that they're run. But you know, I'm not a big fan of the whole net neutrality government getting involved. We've talked about that ad nauseum. No need to go into it again. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of torn, but I do. I do think that the FCC does serve a purpose you heard it here first people the government agency hating libertarian on the show thinks that it serves a purpose and that we shouldn't get rid of it taxation is theft (laughs) (laughs) i had to say that because i feel dirty um let's talk about something else we're chasing away our listeners yes about how gopro has no product worth buying what's happened to them oh did i did i hit a nerve there people what has happened to GoPro? Because, you know, they came out with their drone a couple weeks ago, and we didn't talk about it, but it got because recalled. It was, well, yeah, we couldn't it, talk about it. It was out for, what, like 13 days or something, and they had to recall it. The HP Slate was out longer than this thing. 
I actually have one of those. No. Yeah. Yeah, I've got one of those. Anyways, um, yeah, they just, so they've got their drone failure, which was supposed to be like, I don't know, that was going to be in like the, the direction that GoPro goes. And it's an $800 drone, and they just lost power during operations. So they had sold about 2500 but they recalled all of them. And now they've got, what is it, 15% of their workforce just got laid off. Uh, and they closed an entire division. I mean, what the heck has happened? They, these guys used to be like the player in their field. Well, I think the problem was is that the problem's always been the same thing is that their field is tiny. It is. Their field is, is let's be honest here, people. GoPro makes very decent cameras. I'm not going to say the best cameras because they're not the best cameras, but they're the best cameras you can buy for the price. You know, it used to be, it, I think the best example I can give you is Mythbusters. This sounds like a tangent. I promise it's not. In season one of the Mythbusters, they used to use like these multi-thousand dollar cameras and they could only set up maybe a couple of them because they were so expensive. And they weren't even high resolution. They weren't even slow-mo cameras. And inevitably, one per episode got destroyed. Well, hey, that's a couple thousand dollars down the tubes. Right? Yeah. By, by the time Mythbusters ended, they were able to set up cameras everywhere. Why? Because they were miniature GoPros. They were recording in 1080p. They had shock uh, mounts on them so they could be hit they could go underwater and even if they did get destroyed they're out a couple hundred dollars and there's a high chance the sd card still survived to record the hit yeah gopro revolutionized the idea of disposable high quality action cameras and they were the first but you know i i've actually got a gopro i i got one um about a year ago, year and a half ago. And I really like it. It's it's got the L C D touch screen and stuff. It's it's a nice camera. I can count on one hand the number of times I've used it. I, I have no need for it. I don't skydive. I don't scuba dive. I don't do I am not their target market. Well, who is anymore? I know. Uh, so we got uh, my teenager a GoPro for Christmas last year thinking that he'd really like it, you know? And he's used it. He's made little videos here and there. He's hooked it onto his remote control cars and driven it around the neighborhood. He's tried to attach it to the cat. Did not work. But here's the thing. We didn't buy him a GoPro. We got him a Chinese knockoff that works just as well, and it costs 15 bucks. Oh, nice. And that's the problem. The GoPro can only do so many things, and it can only improve in so many ways, and it's not the best anymore. It's not even the best in its class, and its class is incredibly narrow. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's really interesting. They just, because, you know, when you think about a, a leader in their industry, GoPro has always come to mind. But now, eh, GoPro is just kind of out there. And I wonder how much longer before some other company comes in and tries to buy them up for the patents or, or what? I want to know what they could possibly do to save the company. What What is some, some untapped potential? You couldn't put GoPro internals into a cell phone. 
because many cell phones already have better internals than GoPros. Yeah. Plus, part of the allure of the GoPro is that it is semi-disposable. I mean, I don't want to throw away $200, $300 a pop, but I'd rather lose that than my $800 smartphone. Oh, totally. Totally. So what could they possibly do? Could they launch a line of dash cams? You know? Could they? Well, they they basically have, though. I mean, GoPro, it's got dash dashboard mounts all you got to do is set it up and turn it on and you've got a dash cam right but why not have a ready-made system right um could they develop a new type of police body camera so instead of having a gopro strapped to their flak vest it's an actual custom-built one just for police officers or military could they do uh you know I'm, i'm just trying to spitball things what are markets where gopro has simply said hey you could strap a gopro to this Instead of saying, hey, we'll actually build something built with GoPro internals. Just a thought. I, I think that makes a lot of sense. The problem is their next big step, their next market they were supposed to to get into and dominate was going to be the drone market. And we see what happened there. Bit of a misstep. Um, also in bad market news, Motorola, Motorola Mobility, excuse me, has decided to exit the smartwatch market. For now, but do you see them getting back in? I mean, I don't think that this bodes very well for Android Wear. Android Wear has been having a hard time. Uh, Google was supposed to release Android Wear 2.0 a while ago, and they still haven't. So the software is stagnated. People have figured out what I was trying to tell them all along, and that is, if you don't wear a watch, you don't really have a need for a watch-based interface. True. Um, And to be perfectly honest, we all lost our minds with the Moto 360, and once it came out, we realized just how derpy-looking it was. Well, my big problem, and I, I will say I've been told by more than a few people that the Moto 360 is the best smartwatch that's ever been made. I, I've heard that from multiple people. I've never used one. I, I have no opinion on it. But the one thing that drives me nuts about Motorola and their smartwatches is the flat tire at the bottom of the... I mean, we've talked about it before. There's no need for that. Why? Why? Yeah. My big issue with the Moto 360 and the Motorola smartwatches in general is the fact that they all look cheap. They look cheap and gaudy. Well, and we know that you're a big, a I'm big, a big watch snob. I'm a huge watch snob. But on paper, I mean, it's great that you hear that it's the best one. But on paper, as a consumer even, all of them have the same specs. All smartwatches across the board, except for like a small handful, all Android Wear devices have about the same specs. Yeah. If they all have the same hardware and all have about the same screen, then why wouldn't I just fall back on which one looks nice? Yeah, you know, we we've talked about them. The fossils looked really good. I mean, there's some there's some really nice ones out there. So, it's this and the fact that Motorola Mobility was having problems trying to find a home and they're now owned by Lenovo, it doesn't really surprise me. Now, do you think that this is spelling doom for I mean, cuz we've talked about Apple and how you know, their smartwatch didn't really do what people had hoped. 
do you think that this is just a, a market that's never going to take off like people expected? Because wearables for years, I, I was told, are going to be the next big thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think the next iteration of them need to be just something that blows our minds, absolutely knocks our socks off. And if either Android or Apple or even Tizen can't do that, it's kind of like, well, what's the point then? Yeah. You know, I've seen some really inventive things like, um, I want to say it's Hyundai, maybe it's Mazda, have an Android Wear app where you can remote start your car from your wristwatch. That's freaking cool. But see, my whole thing is, if I can do it from my wrist, why can't I just pull out my phone? Because chances are my hand's going to be in my pocket anyways, where my phone is, or my phone's going to be in my hand, which is pretty close to my wrist. So why not just do it on my phone? You know, I, I've never really, I've never really jumped on the smartwatch bandwagon. Yeah, I get that. I did hear someone uh, mentioning the possibility of like a smart trigger system that requires your Android wear device to be within a certain proximity of your handgun. See, that would force me to get something then. (laughs) because that's just cool and i do like handguns sweetie you don't understand i just have to buy it now for as much crap as i give as i do give the smartwatch industry i will say i really like my fitbit i've had i've had three fitbits two different versions of it and i wear the thing constantly i love my fitbit but it does something that my phone doesn't really do well, and it's simple enough to, I mean, I know where you're going with this. Fitbit has just expanded their product line by buying Pebble. But I think it's important to note that people will be sitting there going, but yeah, what about Fitbit? Fitbit's a rousing success. Yeah, because it's a very limited niche and it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to fill that niche. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And, you know, I, I know that, like, I've got, oh, I don't even know how many health apps I have on my phone. But S Health comes with the Galaxy phones, the Samsung phones. And that has a pedometer. It'll track your steps and whatnot. But there are times where I'm at work where I get up and walk across the office where I'm not carrying my phone. So it's not really accurate. Yeah. And so, you know, that's where my Fitbit comes into play. And I understand that, you know, I could get a I could get a smartwatch and it will fulfill a lot of the same same things that my Fitbit does. But at two to three times the price, why? Now, so Fitbit did buy Pebble. I think the final number was forty million. Is that what it was? Yeah, I'm kind of wondering where they're going to go with this because is there really anything that Pebble brings to Fitbit that Fitbit didn't already have? See, I don't know. I've been trying to figure that out myself. I'm not sure. People love Pebbles. Don't get me wrong. Pebbles are are. It's a great company. It's a great brand. They have some great products. But there's nothing that's ever really set them aside other than maybe their e-ink displays. Well, they've got amazing battery life, which is something that other smartwatches haven't been able to do. Which because is of their in e-ink. part because, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's the e-ink. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I want to I say that they're pro- Fitbit's probably going to phase the public brand out. It's probably just going to go away. Um, At most, maybe we'll see one last device called the Fitbit Pebble. 
Yeah, I mean, we've got the people are still waiting for their Pebble Time 2, is it? That mm-hmm. should come out allegedly sometime. Um, but yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with this. I Maybe they're going to implement the technology into the Fitbit. Maybe, I don't know, the next generation of Fitbit devices are going to be a combination of the Fitbit and the Pebble. Um, take some of that technology with the e-ink. I mean, my Fitbit right now, I charge it once, maybe twice a week while I drive to work. Uh, if they were to implement that e-ink technology, maybe I'm able to get two weeks out of it. Who knows? Who knows? Um, in other smartwatch news, LG, who made some of the nicest round watch faces before Fossil got into the scene. You know, they had their G-Watch R, uh, and you had the Urbane, which were two really nice-looking watches. That's well, they're right, talk- they were. Yeah, they're talking about four new ones, and they're still, I think, in uh, code words, code names, uh, dubbed the uh, LG Watch Style, Watch F- Force, Pro, and Soul. Uh, I'm not really sure what those names are supposed to mean, but if they're just code names, we shouldn't expect to keep them. Uh, so far, we don't know much about them other than they should come with MST payment options, which is what Samsung Pay uses. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so that, for those of you who, who don't remember what that is, that's basically the fake magnetic strip reader or fake, fake, fake magnetic strip on your card onto your phone. So it tricks the card reader into thinking that you've swiped your card when you just really held up your phone to it. If you could do that with a smartwatch, Schmitty and I were talking the other day. He was he was getting ready to buy something, but now he's he's going to wait because MST technology in a smartwatch, that is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. Yep. And I'm honestly surprised Samsung didn't come out with that. In their gear too, because I mean they've already got it in their phones. Why not? Why not put it in their smartwatch? There was but, talk about it, but it didn't make it into the gear two. I think uh, they're planning on releasing it for the gear three. Yeah, that that actually is something that I think could keep the smartwatch market alive. Yep. Um, let's move into more smartphone news, and this one actually has me excited. Nokia is talking about re-entering the smartphone market in 2017, and it would be using Android. Now, this is funny for me, because if you... I think it's on our site. If it's not, it's on my old blog. But way back in the day, before stolen droids was even a thing, I had a Nokia phone. It was a flip phone. We all had Nokia phones, and they're probably all still fully functional in a landfill somewhere. This one wasn't. This was after their heyday when they started trying out different things, and I hated it. It was the worst design phone in history. There was everything that could possibly be wrong with the phone was wrong with this phone. And then I had a Windows phone that was Nokia. Totally different experience. Completely different experience. It was a tank. We still use it as the home phone here. And it's, it's a great device. Absolutely superb. If Nokia could build could bring that build quality with to the table with Android, I'm excited. Yeah. Nokia has been, I mean Nokia has a reputation for building tanks. 
I mean, these phones just do not do not stop. And so the fact that they're coming back with Android as opposed to Windows, I think that's very encouraging. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited for this. I do find it kind of funny. Uh, back in the day, before Stephen Elop uh, started heading Nokia, before that, their previous CEO, whose name escapes me at the moment, said that using Android on your smartphone is like peeing your pants to keep warm. <laughs> so it's kind of funny to me that they'll be going this way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I kind of hope Nokia, I mean, they can just rest on their hardware. People, if they focus on the hardware, they don't need to do a lot with the operating system. Just throw pure Android on, and I think people will flock to these phones like you would not believe. Oh my gosh, if they could do that, just pure Android, not call it a Nexus, not call it a Pixel, because they can't, but just pure Android, people would go ape. That would be amazing. I, I would I would love to see that. In fact, well, no, I don't know that I'd make the switch because I like Samsung Pay too much. But I really like my S7. Yeah. Oh, why do they do this to me? <laughs> um, in more Android news, there is more Android malware because, of course, there is. What's going on with this? This is kind of. It's kind of weird, man. Not not really, actually. I got thinking about this. I was trying to figure this out myself, going, man, what is wrong with it? Then I realized, ah, yes, that's right. Android is the number one mobile operating system, and we know what happens to the number one software in the world. It gets attacked. It gets attacked, and every single weakness it's ever had gets dragged screaming and kicking into the light. Yep. Welcome, Android. Yeah, it kind of that that is the downside to being the big boy on campus. Yeah. Now, of course, um, Android does work with a Linux kernel, and Linux has been around for many years. And while a Linux hasn't really been the number one operating system in terms of desktop usage in the past, uh, it has been the number one use for servers. So you'd think that some of these bugs should have been caught with all that. But the key here is is that server distributions will only fix what they think servers will fall victim to yeah oh you mean there's a bug in the kernel that if you turn the volume up to 110 percent then you gain root access well guess what it's a command line interface on a server no one's turning the volume up because there's no freaking sound card yeah so we won't fix that bug now so this new one is called Goolian. Uh, and uh, quote uh, this is from checkpoint some researchers who found it said the infection begins when a user downloads and installs a Goolian infected app on a vulnerable Android device. Isn't it Gooligan? Like oh, you're Gooligan? right. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Gooligan. Um, Gooligan then downloads a rootkit from the CNC server that takes advantage of multiple Android 4 and 5 exploits, including the well-known vroot, talroot. These uh, exploits still plague many devices today because security patches that fix them may not be available for some versions of Android, or the patches were never installed by the user. If rooting is successful, the attacker has full control of the device and can execute privileged commands remotely. So the key takeaway here is if you don't have Marshmallow, if you don't have Android 6. Or 7. Or seven, right, because Nougat is out. 
Yeah, so if you're running Android 4 or 5, then you're potentially vulnerable. If you're running 4 or 5, you're vulnerable to a lot. You probably should upgrade your phone. The thing is, though, still the majority of phones out there are running 4 and 5. It's crazy. I think I saw, I, I haven't seen the latest Android distribution, but I saw an article today, and I think they said something like 70% of phones are still well, running either 4 or 5. And I think a big problem, with the big reason for that is the fatigue we've all gotten from seeing phones that really aren't that different year to year. Yeah, yeah my phone's 4 or 5 years old, but it still works. Why should I replace it? Yeah, exactly. Well, because they're not supporting it anymore. And if you don't replace it, you you could get hacked, and they're hoping you know that, and that's why you'll buy a new phone. Yeah. And for all the crap we give Apple, and true, even the 3GS and the Apple 4 don't support the brand newest version of iOS, Apple holds on to legacy support for a lot longer than Android seems to. couple years, yeah. A few years, yeah. Now, I saw something, uh, Huawei, I think it was, came out and said, okay, these are the phones that are going to be getting Nougat. They've got phones that are just a, barely a year old that aren't going to be updated. Yeah. I mean, when you've got a life cycle, uh, a support life, life cycle that's only 12 to, to 18 months, that's a waste right there. You're screwing people over. Mm-hmm. And you're saturating the market, which in turn is not going to do you any favors ultimately. Right. Um, let's go into some Google news, shall we? Google AI, which sounds like a problem right there in the name. Yeah. Has been found to be writing its own language. <laughs> it's it sentient. Has- it has invented a new way to talk to itself and to other bots. Researchers were a little alarmed, actually, slash excited, to find that their AI had developed its own shorthand language to discuss things with other programs that could be done faster and more efficiently using less characters. That's terrifying. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. In kind of a singularity sort of way. <laughs> we're doomed. We're, we're uh, you know, I would expect something like something of this type of news to come from Japan, in all honesty. I, I'm not surprised it's coming from Google, but I really would expect it to be a Japanese headline. The, the only thing that's really been keeping my mind calm about the robot uprising is the fact that yeah but we can still look through the code and fix it unless it writes its own code well even then if it writes its own code our programmers can go in and say okay well no i see what it did i see how it did it but not if it's in its own language and not if it's writing the code faster than the programmers can decipher it which could ultimately become a problem right so, yay? I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. Hmm. Okay. Um, where should we go? Let's go on to another chatbot, shall we? Another bot. Microsoft has different chatbots. They usually devolve into talking like a Nazi or 
you remember that? Just, what was it, like six months ago when they had yeah. their chat bot that ended up becoming a troll? It, it learned how to how to interact with people by watching the internet, which is the last place you want to go to learn how to interact with people. Right, right. Um, well, they have another chat bot in China. And it has been uh, specifically instructed, and Microsoft has confirmed this, uh, it was requested by the government, because of course it was, to not allow the chatbot to talk about certain subjects, such as, you know, political uprising, revolution, human rights, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, good times. I don't know, I... We shouldn't be as upset about this. It's another country. We know it's communist. We know they do this. It's not surprising, and we can't exactly enforce our personal views or our political views on another country who, oh, I was going to say, who doesn't even know we exist, but let's be honest. They not only know we exist, they have our logins and personal information for everything. Yeah, pretty much. I guess I feel most upset about this because it seems to be American tech companies willing to, you know, we're American. We believe in freedom, freedom of speech, the freedom to use everything safely. But even if it's not safe, it's still our right to do stupid things. These are American companies like Facebook last week with their uh, content management system. And now Microsoft with their chatbot willing to say, yeah, we're American, but we really want your money. So we're willing to bow to your communist needs just in this area. Yeah. And, you know, I totally understand China is a big market. Microsoft wants to get in. You got to play by the Chinese rules when you get there. But doesn't mean that I like it. I, right. I get it, but I don't know that I like it. Um. Speaking of not liking things online. Well, before we do that, can I just say, while we're talking about Microsoft, I do have to give them credit, though. Uh, earlier this week, I got a notice that my Microsoft account had been compromised. They emailed me, said, hey, just a heads up, change your password. And sure enough, they got me through Skype, which kind of surprised me. But... um yeah, I had hacks honor was in effect. So I, I do have to give Microsoft credit, though, that they were aware and able to jump on that like fairly quickly. Yeah, so, they're really fast about it. So they do deserve credit there. People think I'm joking, but in truth, Microsoft's security team is bigger than most other corporations. Just the security team. Yeah, they, they did a very good job. So kudos to Microsoft and thank you for only allowing my Skype account to get breached. And even then, all that happened was I got a weird Skype one day from Zoner saying, hey, follow this link. And I was like, hey, no. Yeah, and most people that I interact with know better than to do that. But, you know, if anybody didn't, sorry. <laughs> um, let's talk about Reddit. I love Reddit. I spend so much time on Reddit. People who love Reddit always say that. I never spend any time on Reddit. Yeah, I spend a lot of time there. So, um, it turns out that the Reddit CEO, what's his name here? I haven't even pulled up the article. But he was editing certain threads and comments in specific message boards. 
yeah, subreddits. His, his name's Steve Huffman. Goes by the handle Spaz. Yeah, he was editing users' comments in the pro-Trump subreddit. Yeah. Um, that's not cool. That's not cool at all. And he got called out. And yeah. he had to issue an apology for secretly tampering with users' comments. And he said, yeah, here's what we're going to do so this doesn't happen in the future. Yeah. Now, he soon said, um, he, he released a comment that said he was trying to unwind after trolls implicated him in a false pedophile conspiracy theory involving Hillary Clinton and a pizza parlor. Which, if the, if there's any statement that sums up Redditors, I think that's it. Well, that's actually, going back to Breitbart, one of Andrew Breitbart's final tweets was talking about a giant child pornography or sex ring or something in Washington, D.C. involving a bunch of politicians and a pizza parlor. And then the WikiLeaks came out and there's a lot of references to the guy that runs this pizza parlor and people are starting to put two and two together and it's looking like there actually may be something to it. I don't know, a bunch of deplorable people living in Washington, D.C. That's crazy, but it, it may be happening. So I guess he got implicated somehow in this, huh? Yeah, he did. And I think... So Reddit's had a hard couple of years here where they lost, they decided to really crack down on the trolls and the bully, cyberbullying, and a lot of people left and tried to go to that other site because they wanted to be trolls and they wanted to be bullies and they felt that their freedom of speech was being infringed upon, which is just Forrest Gump level stupid. Yeah, we won't get into that. Yeah, we've gotten into that in previous episodes. Uh, freedom of speech isn't what most people think it is. Um, so it's like, I, I get that. They're trying to clean up their image. This, however, wasn't quite that. And I'm thinking he needs to step down. Not because I'm outraged. I am a little bit. It was a kind of immature thing to do. I think he's grown up too much for this company. Look. Here, here's my theory on that. You're giving a weird look, and part of it's because you're yawning. But yeah, let's yeah, say that was a yawn. Let's say I found a website where people can upload fart noises because they're hilarious. We are all human. We all fart. We all know what a fart is, and there are some hilarious ones out there. So we're gonna do fart book, okay? And it's gonna be you can tag people you need in to them. like register that now because that's a brilliant name for a website. Because I said it out loud, it's already registered, I guarantee. Just because I've said it, the universe has made it happen. Um there's an entire web ring around it now, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, and by the end of this conversation it will have gone out of business. But Let's say I do it, and it becomes a hit, a huge hit, and a major corporation springs up around it, and it's no longer just me in my home office on my home web server monitoring this. It's a multi-billion dollar company with advertising dollars and sub-pages, and we're being quoted on. It's the number one visited site in the world, and I start noticing that some people are kind of, you know, 
that that's an immature video. That's that was inappropriate. We didn't need to hear that. We didn't need to see that. You didn't need to Photoshop that guy's face onto the fart or whatever. Well, guess what, pal? <laughs> Maybe I should just retire because I've grown up. And the idea of a place where you can post all your farts that appealed to like 13-year-old me doesn't appeal to 35-year-old me. It happens. I don't know, man. Farts are always awesome. And they by are. the way, for for the record, fartbook.com loads a blank page. Fartbook.org looks like somebody's blog. I'm not sure what to take from that. Um but so I think that's kind of what's happened here to Reddit. I think Reddit has outgrown its user base, not in terms of capabilities, but in terms of management maturity. Well, I think the thing is anybody can go create any sub on Reddit that they choose. I mean, I was looking through some of the subreddits a couple of months ago. Holy crap. There's some dark stuff there that I have absolutely no interest in, but it shows that it exists. And so, I mean, Reddit is just kind of, there's something for everyone on Reddit. You want to talk about church? There's a lot of church subs. You want to talk about video games? Have at it. There's plenty for you. I mean, even the most obscure, random video games have their own subs. And so... In that case, you know, there's something for everyone. The problem is everyone is there and everyone is doing everything that they want because it's the Internet. And there's a lot of jerks in everyone. And there's a lot of jerks. And, you know, everybody now we're talking about safe spaces and we've got to, like, curb the trolls. Twitter's trying to do it. Facebook's trying to do it. Reddit just kind of leaves it to the moderators of the very subs and sometimes they don't care. Sometimes the moderator's doing it. Yeah, and sometimes the moderator's doing it. And so I think people trying to protect everyone's feelings all the time is not going to be a successful endeavor. I think people need to just put on their big boy pants and realize sometimes people are jerks and walk away. And that's and that's why I'm saying I think the CEO needs to do it. Not because he's even wrong. I mean, in this case he was wrong. Oh yeah. But but if you've burnt out, if you can't handle it anymore, more power to you. It means you're a healthy human being. Congratulations. Move on. Yeah. It's either close the company because you can't handle the people using the product or understand that the people are there to use the product in the way that you've always advertised and it's you that can't handle it anymore. Well, you know, it's interesting because Larry Correa will often talk about um, uh the thought police on his blog and on Facebook and wrong fun. And, you know, you can do what you want so long as it conforms to what you're being told is acceptable. And I think we're seeing some of that on Reddit. You know, people aren't using the product the way that people want them to use the product. Everybody is using it in their own way. They're all taking something out of it that's different and they're all putting something into it that's different and it was originally designed i think okay this is how it's supposed to be used but i don't think that's the case anymore that's not how it's being used right people are using it the way they want to use it and who are you to tell them that they can't do it type of thing so just i mean i don't know i think it's i think it's interesting 
I found a hilarious picture. I'll show it to you later. And other news. <laughs> I'm so glad you were paying attention to my words. Let's talk digital media, shall we? There's a lot of it. There is a lot of it. We don't have a whole lot of time here. Uh, Sling, you remember them? Slingbox and Sling I do. TV. Yeah. Uh, Sling TV has decided to take on Rivals now with a cloud-based DVR. This sounds very familiar to me. It sounds very familiar. I think Schmitty would be interested to hear this. I think he would. So, so th- go ahead. Yeah. Oh, well, for those who are wondering what we're talking about, what was it, Aereo? Yeah. Was that, was that the company? They got shut down by the Supreme Court for doing this exact thing. At least yeah. as I understand it, it seems to be pretty much the same thing. Yeah, So, but the problem is that this one's from Dish Network because they own Sling now. Who has a lot of lobbyists and a yeah. lot of power and money. So um, it's a cloud DVR. It allows you to record shows and movies and watch later wherever you want. However, the difference is, is that this one requires you to be watching Sling TV from a Roku device. I don't see that as being a problem. I don't either. But nor I've got do a house I see any difference. Rokus. Yeah. Sorry, Schmitty. <laughs> I think we called this though. Oh, we totally did. We knew this was going to happen, and I really think that Aereo founders and CEOs should be pissed off beyond belief right now. Yeah. Um, in other news, Netflix has decided to grant parents wishes everywhere. <laughs> and they will be adding offline viewing for uh, if you watch it on a tablet or a phone. What took so long? I've always heard that they couldn't do it because the MPAA would not allow it because basically you're getting into piracy and stuff. I think they're finally figuring out that, oh, wait a minute, Netflix is actually curbing piracy. People are paying for things. Yeah, that's just, uh, this has been a long time coming, and the internet is ecstatic over the fact. Oh my gosh, yeah. Speaking of Reddit, you go on Reddit, wow, thousands and thousands of comments. People are just happy, happy. Now, um, it's going to be for select films and TV shows right now. Really, it's starting with its own original content, uh, which makes sense. It makes sense. Because they Uh, own it. Yeah, they're they're planning on putting out some more stuff there. But Netflix has been putting out some of the best content anyway. So yeah, true. That works. True. Oh, that actually reminds me, and this may have to be the last thing we talk about before our favorites. We have other headlines, uh, not as interesting as the ones we've talked about, but uh, there's more there, so you're welcome to check them out. This was going to be my favorite until I found my current one. Friday, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, Netflix dropped... Um, the Gilmore Girls reunion. Four 90-minute episodes. And I don't care. And I'm guessing most of our listeners don't care. Oh, I thought I was going to say, wow, I had no idea you were a Gilmore Girls fan. But uh, they got the entire original cast, who weren't dead, uh, to reprise their roles. And it was a miniseries. It was four episodes, each one 90 minutes, and it took place over the course of a year. And all my female friends and my wife and her sisters were all going on and on and on about it. My wife is in the other room right now watching it for the third time. Wow. 
if you're a Gilmore Girls fan, it was all you could talk about for the last six months. And that's great. It's a Netflix original. So, hey, offline viewing. What they didn't tell you, however, and I actually saw this um, just on a pop-up ad out of nowhere, was also on the on February, on Black Friday. Why did I say February? I on don't Black, know. That was weird. I'm having a stroke. Um, on Black Friday, they also released another original. I think this one for the guys to make up for the Gilmore Girls. It, it stars Kevin James. It's a Netflix original movie. True Memoirs of an International Assassin. Doesn't that look amazing? I watched it. It is hilarious. Is it? It is so good. It's amazing, amazing. It's better than most movies I've seen recently. You know, the thing about Kevin James, and I love his new show, Kevin Can Wait on CBS. I love it. But with Kevin James, Adam Sandler's the same way. You know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. And if you like it, you're going to love it. If you if it's not for you, then it's not for you. But you know exactly what you're getting going into it. And I love that about it. I, I watched this one, and it was kind of like a cross between Castle with Nathan Fillion and Larry Correa. Nice. Uh, it's the story of... I'm sounding like this is still my favorite, It's but it's really good. You should definitely go out and watch it. It's on the short side. It's like 75 minutes, I think. But it's so much fun. A author who writes a story about a spy and his memoirs, the publisher to try and sell more books, adds the word, the true memoirs. And it turns out there's enough in there that's actually accurate enough that he gets mistaken for an actual international assassin, gets kidnapped, hijinks ensue. It's awesome. Sweet. Now we should go into our On to your favorite. On to my favorite. Uh, Bad lip reading. We love those guys. Between Medieval Happy Fun Time Land and what was their other song? Oh, uh, Carl Papa. Oh, yes. That was just awesome. Well, it turns out they have another one. You've probably seen it in your Facebook feed this week because that's where I got it. Uh, It's Yoda singing about how much he hates seagulls. Now, originally when they did Empire Strikes Back, I don't even know when it was, like a year ago or so, Yoda sings this tiny little, like, eight-bar ditty to Luke. And Luke's like, eh, he sounded kind of pitchy, and then Yoda threatens his life. Well, they decided to make it into a full song with music video. Uh, Yoda's got beats. He has mad skills, huh? He has mad skills. Also, um, when you learn what was under the log, you'll know what I'm talking about. (laughs) okay my favorite we've actually talked about this guy quite a bit tonight but uh larry korea he and another new york times best-selling author named john ringo have teamed up and they came out with the book a few months ago uh called monster hunter memoirs it's uh it's the grunge monster hunter memoirs grunge it's book one of two in the monster hunter memoir series and takes place in the mid 80s different different primary characters a lot of similar or a lot of familiar i guess is the word uh supporting characters uh really good i am having a tough time putting it down and i will say as far as books go uh for this for this particular series you definitely want to get the the audio version um they are just absolutely amazing so fun to read so fun to listen to. Can't turn it off or put it down. 
uh, check it out. You'll if you, if you're a fan of of the MHI series or of Larry Korea, you definitely want to read them. Awesome. Well, that is our show this week. Want to know what you're thinking? Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. Still, we'll take your Thanksgiving stories. Or you know what? Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Kwanzaa Christmas, whatever that holiday is. Festivus. Let us know what you're thinking. <laughs> Twitter feed, Facebook. Facebook feedback. Yeah. Holy crap. Good Twitch night. your face back to us. <laughs> Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.